Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, moms, dads, parents, and guardians, welcome to another episode of Fearlessly Parody. Today, my very special guest is Sherry Barch. Sherry is the CEO of two Forbes-ranked top executive search firms and a leading consultant company. She's an expert in areas of leadership, team development, and diversity. Her forward-thinking approach to work was recognized when she was chosen to participate in the Alt-MBA program designed and led by leadership guru, Seth Godin. However, Sherry has always, always had a passion for storytelling, which brings her to my podcast. Now, she's currently working on her second book, A Business Leadership Fable Designed to Help New College Students Navigate the Real-Life Stuff They Don't Teach You in School About Career Conversations, Conflicts, and Challenges. So without any further ado, here's Sherry Birch. <laughs> Hello. Thank you hey. for having me, Stan. Thank you for having uh, for allowing me to uh, have you on my podcast here. Uh, forgive me, you got all sorts of distractions in the world, even on podcasts. Uh, <laughs> but that's all right. You and I can handle all distractions as we go put out some outstanding information that's going to help our parents and guardians become the best versions of themselves. And we're going to start out by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your business, and you have a book coming out. Yes, yes. So uh I'm Sherry Barch, and yes, I am the CEO of two recruiting organizations, one that specializes in healthcare and one that specializes in other industries. And then um, we also have a leadership consulting organization that helps uh, coach executives in um, all fields. So it's been a fun journey. I am in my 34th, 6th year, I don't even know anymore, of, of um, <laughs> working as a, an executive an executive search. And I absolutely love what I do. I get to talk to interesting people every day, ask them all kinds of, you know, Barbara Walter, Oprah Winfrey questions and what motivates them, why did they make the, the decisions that they did, and, um, and then just through the decades, built out the organizations and now spend a lot of my time working with the leaders inside of our organization. Um, and my uh, our organizations support um, a lot of uh, 
female leadership, diverse leadership, and it's something that's been a passion of mine um, since day one of my career. I am in Illinois, Northern Illinois to be exact. I uh, have been married for almost 30 years. I have three boys. Ooh, um, oh, all boys. Wow. All boys. Yes. And I have one brother. So I have no sisters or no daughters. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, and they are two of them are out of college and one is halfway done with college. So it's an exciting time for our family. And um, everybody is just on this trajectory of of getting out in the real world and experiencing um, you know, a completely different world than maybe what is part of high school or the opportunity to go to college and what that looks like. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good life. Well, outstanding. Let me tell you, one of the things I, I caught you talking about there, and I know this, this may sound weird coming from a man, I'm glad that there are women out there like you that could be positive role models to today's young ladies and women. I have a daughter and I always want the best for my daughter. I think my daughter can do anything that she sets her mind to. And I've always tried to raise her and her mother also to not limit herself according to what other people think that she can obtain. Because, you know, uh, those people don't know her like her mother and I and her Lord and Father in heaven knows her. I, I remember when she was uh, oh, junior high and she was having trouble with math and everything and some self-esteem stuff. And her mother and I sat her down and said, hey, listen, uh, can you just trust mom and dad enough to believe what we think about you? Right. Just trust that. And we got her some help with math and, and uh little, I think it was like Sylvan. And when she went to college, she at that time was tutoring other people in math. So uh, all that to say that I'm glad to see Thank you. professional role models like yourself out there that young ladies can look to and aspire to. So thank you for that. Well, Thank you for acknowledging that. And I do, I do believe there is still work to be done. You know, we, we yes. do a lot of speaking and coaching around, you know, even just the simplest things, you know, how do you ask for a raise or, you know, how are you able to articulate your competencies in a way that is direct and, you know, how do you nominate yourself for um, those promotions or those opportunities? So there really, there's some skill sets around that, that traditionally, uh, sometimes women don't have the parents that your daughter had and, you know, they, they find themselves not really having those skills to be able to yes. articulate. So you're correct. Yeah. And, and moms and dads out there, you know, don't be afraid to reach out beyond yourself to find people that can help that daughter, that can help that son. Uh, if they're putting together resumes, if they're, Put it even if it's just to go to college or to go to a trade school or to apply for a job, don't be afraid to reach outside of yourself for help because there are wonderful people out here like Sherry that would would love to uh, come alongside of you and help your child become the best version of themselves and let others know about them. So, Sherry, let me ask you. Speaking of families and, and, and everything like that, 
why is it so important? You know, in reading about you, something that I, I took away it is you seem to feel that it's very important to help children and families uh, talk about loved ones and, and share memories. And I do also. But tell my audience why that's so important to you. Sure. I think, um, you know, my, my master's thesis was it was about communication competence and the propensity to take conflict personally. Now, I know that sounds amazingly interesting, um, but, but what I realized <laughs> in human behavior is we shy away from conflict. And when you think about death and you think about people that have died in our families and we're trying to we want to talk about those individuals or we want to keep those memories alive, as people say, because death can be viewed as a conflict, we have a tendency not to want to talk about it. We don't want to make people sad, um, and especially children. And, and I don't mean small, small children, although I think they're perceptive too. But even at that adolescent age, between eight and twelve, you know, they can read the they can read the situation. They can tell when a family's sad. And the last thing they want to do is bring up something that's going to make mom sad or grandpa sad. Um, but yet I think as leaders in our family, as parents, um, um, as guardians, what if we had the courage to have that difficult conversation and to talk about how I'm feeling and that I too miss my dad. And, you know, I want to be able to show some courage and tell some stories about Ray, for example, as my, wow. uh, my father figure that just passed. So I look at that and think, it's important because if we can't push through the conflict and the difficult conversations, we're not going to get to the beautiful other side, which no, is learning more about our family or our friends. Or the takeaways from it. You know, uh, I, as my kids were growing up, I would tell them things that my dad had passed along to me. And I, I listened to you talk about the, the beauty of the memories. Uh, yeah, it's it's a sad time to have your parent pass away, but how valuable, how touchy would it be to have your child reach back and say, you know, I remember you telling me this story about grandfather or grandmother. You know, I, I remember you telling me this story and I took this away from that story. And this is something that I, in turn, can pass along to my child. Yes. And, and that, it, that, that memory becomes sort of like a legacy, does it not? Yes, absolutely. And I think our legacies start to blend. And now we have different vantage points. And I don't know if you've ever been as a kid or even as an adult where you start on a topic and you start to listen to different people's perspectives of that Christmas or that memory or that mm -hmm. vacation. And all of a sudden you just you it's almost like a, a movie script where you're starting to really feel the depth and, and the, the life that came from the memories that people are opening up and sharing. And yes. that's your storytelling. And from those stories, and that's the way we learn. And are we not talking when we tell a story? We're talking in word pictures. Yes. And that's how we that's how we think. We we don't think in uh, the specific words or you people tell us a story, and we see pictures, and that's how we learn. 
And so when I it hear you, it talk about the things that we deprive our families of. We we deprive them of those precious word pictures, those word pictures that make up memories for when they have uh, maybe your children or your children's children, they go through a difficult time and they, they can think back, you know what? This is not the first time somebody in our family has had to face something like this and they were able to get through it. How did they get through it? Well, you know, you remember the stories, you remember the word pictures. Yes. And sometimes it's even just, you know, it's the stories, but it's also people have to be busy when they're telling a story. I I listen to a lot of people talk about favorite recipes or every time I make the, you know, meatballs with my dad, he always talks about his dad and that this is how he made the meatballs or, you know, so it's just fun to start to see where those conversations take place. Maybe it's in a particular room, maybe it's around a particular holiday. You know, but there's just this natural cadence that I think as adults, if we can, and parents and guardians, if we can create a safe environment to just be authentic, the the result, I think, is is going to be more rich relationships and better stories. Yeah. And you know what? When we talk parents and guardians, and I know my parents and guardians go get tired of hearing me say this about moms and dads being the chief role models, but you are. So you're going to keep on hearing it from me, but you are, you are the chief role model. And, and as, uh, as Sherry's talking about here, you're also the chief storyteller. Yes. <laughs> well, even in, even in my, my real life, right. Um, if you think about somebody that is um, interviewing someone else or you're the interviewee, the way you're conveying your competencies and your desires and the talents that you can bring and your style is all in stories. Tell me about a time when, how would you approach this? So you're either relaying a story or you're making up a fictional story about how you would apply your competencies to a hypothetical situation. But again, those are all skills that we need and your children need. So let's model them. Uh, and you know what? Uh, let me ask you, because sometimes you know how teenagers are. You, oh, I've heard that story before. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are you telling me this again? <laughs> you told me about this before. You know, should, yeah, have you been there? I've, I've been there. <laughs> yes. One of, the, one of the places that I think we could get better is instead of having all the stories and all the answers, it's being curious. So mm-hmm. it's, it's about asking questions. What stories do you know about Ray? Or what is your favorite story about your I grandma? like that. But just instead of coming prepared and talking at, just create space to be curious. Yeah, you know, I, I, son, daughter, I, I hear you talking to me about this problem. Can you... Can you remember any of the stories that your mother and I might have talked to you that touched on that subject? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I remember you telling me this uh, about Popo. Okay. So what what happened there? You know. How- and why do you think he? Why do you think he did that? And what do you think he was thinking? And what do you think was going on around him when he decided to do that? I mean, just. 
And I think as a professional interviewer, I, that that's all I do. I mean, the, the, the least amount of time I talk, the better the interview. Mm. And, and you're getting them to not only recall the story, but as they're doing so, they're doing it in their old fashioned, in their old words. And they can't help they can't help themselves but to apply it to the situation that they find themselves in. So it's it's all about them. And, and that is not a bad thing sometimes when it's all about the individual, because if the answer comes from them, they're they're more likely to act on it. Right. And you and it's accurate, and you know where mm-hmm. they're at because they're telling you. I Love that. So now we, we're getting toward the end of this segment, but just toss out one or two tips for for my parents, maybe in getting some of these difficult conversations, uh, getting these stories out. Because really, I, I think if if you're looking at it as a total difficulty rather than an opportunity to share something special that's going to enhance or empower your child later on down the line, but just a couple of tips in helping parents get started in these type of conversations. Sure. I think one is just your own self-awareness. So if I go back to conflict, most conversations don't take place because they're viewed as conflictual. So especially with a difficult conversation, um, and in, in, in my book, I, I'm tackling death, um, be aware that you might be avoiding a really important opportunity mm. to be curious. So if you're avoiding it, why? Or if you're looking at your your child and thinking, well, they're not asking, so I'm good. You're the, you're the parent, you're the leader. That just because they're not asking doesn't mean that you're not avoiding. So I think the first one is self-awareness of how you're feeling and, and being able to push through that fear of that conflict and have the courage to have that conversation. And I'm using a lot of C words and I'm not sure why. Hey, it's all good. Self-awareness. And just because they don't ask doesn't mean that you don't tell. Right. All right. So self-awareness and go ahead and tell, even if they're not asking, that's wonderful. Hey, uh, Sherry, tell my parents and guardians where they can find you. You can find me at, at uh, sherrybarch.com, but um, really, I, there's more information about me at Heaven's Bell, which is the name of my book. So it's www.heavensbell.com. And in there, you can learn more about me and uh, the story of Heaven's Bell and the journal that goes with it um, and some of the readers' views of my work. Well, I tell you, Bob's and Dad's, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that we have that link to Heaven's Bells where you can find the book, you can find the journal, and you can find the motivation to have those difficult conversations that we need to have, those difficult conversations that are going to end up being jewels that are going to empower and enlighten your children as they go through their lives. And you're going to create a pictorial legacy that's going to live on beyond you and even beyond your children's children. Well, that's all that we have for this particular episode. I'm going to have Sherry back one more time for one more segment. 
So make sure that you catch that one. Also, please, please check out the podcast description because, again, I'm going to have a link to her book. You're going to want to go there. And we're also going to have, uh, as we always do, parental resources, which are there to help you and help grow you. So until next time, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was what said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.